Welcome to the Man Cave, the only podcast hosted by two best friends with nothing in common except their names. I'm Mandy Kaplan. I'm Mandy Fabian. Every week we test the limits of our friendship by arguing because we have different opinions on movies and books and television and just about everything. So let's get in there. Grab a couch. Let's get to it. Cut this shit. So I'm going to start with something that I know we agree on. Okay. So it's it's the one thing. Yes. My Mother's Day. Yes. I saw six. <gasps> Finally. Oh, yes. Six, the musical at the Pantages. I loved it from head to toe <laughs> with every cell in my body. I cried from beginning to end with joy <laughs> and admiration. This show is the story of Henry VIII's six wives. Yep. Sung by the best singers I've ever heard. Yeah. Danced with incredible choreography, best dancers, an all-female band that kicks Rocks. so much ass. The lighting design was off the charts incredible. I was chills head to toe the whole time. And I knew the music, so I wasn't going in like, what's this about? Yeah. But I, seeing it, was electric. Yes, yes. You've oh, seen it more than good. once. No, no, no. I've only seen it once. Oh, I thought, oh okay. I, I saw it once in the fall of 2021. It was oh, awesome. My God. Yes. yes. It, so great. I totally agree. And one of those things where I knew the music really well because you introduced my girls to the music. And yes, then you're they, of, anytime they get one song on a musical, all of a sudden they have all the songs memorized. I know. And, and uh, they so so we all knew the music really well going in. But you're right. They put it together. It was so much fun. How about that German? Uh, um, the woman House who. House of Fräulein? Yeah. No, not the House of Fräulein. The, the, but she sings the Get Down about Queen the, of the Castle. Yes. Queen of the Castle. I'm yeah. the Queen of the Castle. Get down, yeah. you dirty rascal. dirty rascal. I don't know how yeah. it was in your show, but in our show, that was the show stopper. She crushed it. It was so funny. She was so sexy and amazing. It was just, I mean, the whole show is incredible. I'm so excited that's, that you had such a good time. That's the thing about it. That show was the, that song was the showstopper. Yeah. So was every other single song. <laughs> they each were better and more brilliantly, perfectly performed than the last. Oh, that's I so great. I couldn't get past the talent on that stage. I love oh. it. Oh, so that I was love it. Just, yeah. And I, I mean, it wasn't a surprise. I got the tickets months ago and I said for Mother's Day, can we do this? And Jer yes. said, yeah, I want to go too. So, last year I took Casey, just him and me, to see Tootsie the musical. Not so good. And <laughs> so this was, oh. And being there on Mother's Day, we bumped into friends and their moms. It was fun. Oh my God, I love that. I actually yeah. I actually did do something fun on uh, for Mother's Day weekend. Mm -hmm. uh, for all of it, actually. Mm -hmm. um, we went and saw Angel City uh, Soccer Club, the the professional female soccer yes. team yes. downtown. We saw that on Saturday night, and it was spectacular, really Kath fun. Our dear friend Catherine Lansbury has highly recommended it. She loves it. Oh, it's so funny. I thought of Catherine when I was there. I was like, oh, she would love this. It is, And they beat on drums and they all paint their faces and they're cheering the whole time. And it was amazing athleticism. And like, it's it's a nice, It's uh, it doesn't feel as mobby as any of the larger sporting events. You know, it's a little mm -hmm. bit smaller and more contained. Uh, such good vibes in the stadium. Everybody's in such a good mood. But then, of course, when the ref made a terrible call, Couple of you murdered rooms. him in cold blood. You cannibalized him. No, but everybody was like, bah! like it was really, you know, it was one of those fun things. We're like, ah, oh, we're with the crowd. You know, it was it was great. Mm -hmm. It was really fun. And then on Sunday, I went to a salon. Do you know what a salon Ooh. is? Not N not in the context you're using it. I don't think. No, like tea and no, nope. It's like. A couple of writer friends we have were like, hey, oh. we're going to have a Sunday salon. We're going to do this once a month. Come on over. And uh, if you have a piece you want to share, whatever. Oh, uh -huh. And so there were about 10 or 12 people in a living room. And just I didn't know any of them. We were, I was a complete stranger to the group. And it was so awesome. Like 
like hold your sides laughing, the performance pieces, the fun, the different variety. Of, it was incredible. So actually, it was the perfect thing to do for Mother's Day for me. Oh, I dragged great. my family to a salon. Actually, the, the girls went off and made movies with the kids. <laughs> uh-huh. But they're go-to now. Uh, but fun. it was really fun. Yeah, it was fun. It was great. And by movies, you mean porn, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And yeah. I like it because they're starting to develop. So the porns are definitely getting better. Oh, oh good. Yeah. 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 Yes. Okay. Um, any other any other fun things this weekend you want to share about your uh, adoption? Uh, I want. Yeah, I want to do it very, very briefly, though, because I feel like I could get into a terrible uh, yeah. rabbit hole or kitten hole of yeah. just going into detail. But we surprised <laughs> think- Casey with a kitten. Isn't kittenhole like a drug they used to do in the 80s? You ever done a kittenhole? K, K, yeah, K, K, right? K, K hole? Maybe a K hole. Ketamine. Uh, anyway. Uh, oh, ketamine's not a bad name. She has no name. Mm-hmm. She is the cutest creature on the planet. Yeah. Maybe I'll post a picture in the private. Well, let's not get crazy. This is a joint. Discord. I mean, you know, <laughs> I'm a dog lover. Discord.com. That won't surprise Andy. anybody to know that I'm a dog lover. <laughs> I hate dogs. No, just but, kidding. I love dogs and I love Mandy's dogs, especially. And her um, kitten's really cute. I saw. And I also oh. pitched, by the way, because when we did miscast, our opening number was Magic to Do. And I pitched the name Magic to Mew. And I can't believe you're still saying that there's no name for this cat. But oh, what I else? know. No name. <laughs> I loved that joke, but there's no name. She uh, is just. Yeah, she's awesome. And we. uh uh, the woman who cleans our house said, oh, my niece had kittens and didn't know what was going to happen. So now she has these five little girl kittens. Do you want another cat? And I said, let me work on my family. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> or let me work on Jer. And I, I showed it. him pictures. And Jer was like, well, yeah, we we got to go rescue one of these cats. She's it's real just- cute. She's very Instagram friendly. You could get a lot of followers with her. I would put her oh. in all of your posts. She's real, so real cute. cute. Yeah. Yeah, she is. Yeah. And she chose us. Of the five, we had our eye on a different one. Uh-huh. She was a real looker. But this little one was she friendlier and more. You. She chose us. Yeah. Oh, my it, God. She's she's from heaven. So I we are open to kitten names. Although by the time you hear this, we will probably have one selected. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that's fantastic. Yeah. That's so great. There, that's the big news. Nice. Um, nice updates. I oh yeah a little fun thing for anybody out there who's watching Succession. Mm-hmm. We watched um although by the time you hear this it'll be another we watched the eighth episode of Succession and uh, thought it was the season finale. So we were all geared yeah. up for it to be the last episode. We're like it's a long episode. So this is the finale because somehow we missed it that there are ten episodes, not eight. So mm-hmm. it ends on this really flat like uh, we're gonna get them or whatever, and we were like. Oh my god, that's the worst season finale. Like what happened? Series this finale, right? Favorite... I mean, it's, this is the oh, end yes, of the series. series. Yes, exactly, the series finale. So we must have spent a good hour before talking. What do you think is going to happen? How's it going to end? Who's going to be in charge? What are they going to? We spent so much time talking about it, and then we watched it. it. Was like, ugh. Well, that was an awful finale, and then it turns out it wasn't. So we still have two Yay! more episodes. Oh, I'm very excited. So that. <laughs> years and years and years ago, I said something to Mandy and she went, oh, wee, because it was good news. <laughs> and then I said, well, not until tomorrow. And she went, oh, so in our house, we always go, wee, oh, but that was a reverse. It was, that was an oh, oh wee. wee. Yeah. Right. And actually, yes. But you have to. I I did the wee on in the same breath because I was like, you were like, we're going to do it on January 2nd. I was like, wee. Ah, because I realized I couldn't do it on January second. That's how oh, that went. Okay, <laughs> okay. I we ah, yeah. We ah. I um, love it. Yeah. So I assigned you. Yep. John Mulaney, our favorite comedian's Netflix special, Baby J. Now yes. a little background into our relationship with John Mulaney because we know him personally, <laughs> as you recall. Yeah. So we, I have loved him for a very, very, very long time. Mm-hmm. And I, Jared and I went to go see him downtown years ago. He was, he was still a guy that people were like, oh, I think I've heard of him. He was, he was not as big as he is now. Uh-huh. And we loved it. And you didn't know we had gone to see it. And you randomly surprised me with tickets to John Mulaney. And he wasn't downtown. He was in West Hollywood. And it was, and you were like, oh, you just, wee! 
Oh, you just saw him. I didn't know you just saw this same special. I wouldn't have gotten the tickets. And I was yeah. like, I don't care. <laughs> I was so excited. And I was so I saw the same show twice in, in Los Angeles. Yes. And we were outside on our way into the theater and he came out and he was just running to his car or something. And we looked up at him and we were like, hi. And he was like, hi. And then he, I think we said, break a leg Great or something. Show. And he yeah, kept yeah. walking. Yeah. yeah. And and he, we were like, no, there he is. John Mulaney. That's right. In our laps. Yeah. That's right. I got you the celebrity so sighting and everything. <laughs> you did. So he, this special was a bit different tonally. This was very, very raw and personal, which yes. he's usually very He's very open about his addictive past, but it's always done through 20 years of sobriety and humor and making fun of it. Oh, that's interesting. I don't remember him being sober in his previous things or talking about sobriety. I don't remember that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He talks about blacking out in high school and fucked up things he did at parties and trying to trick a doctor into giving him Xanax by lying. And he has a lot of routines about his addiction. Oh, I had no idea. It's all so removed by time mm-hmm. that it's all just funny, wacky stories. Right. This was not removed by much time. Yeah. This was I immediate. Don't know. What is the timeline? I don't even know. I don't really know what I didn't Google what his history is. Do you know or have you done a deep dive on like when he I knew like I feel like through the zeitgeist I've heard, oh, he and his wife split up and John Mulaney went to rehab, but maybe even a couple of stints in rehab. I feel like he went um, this, this this past December or oh. two Decembers ago because then he hosted Saturday Night Live and he was really funny and open about it. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's funny. What's funny about, first of all, I loved it. I mean, I'm just going to say it right there. I totally loved it. I think he's really just really funny, but also I like, I like that he was telling a story, you know, that he was more authentically from a, from a drug, a drug addict's point of view, there was a real bite to it, I guess. There was a real, there, oh, was, yeah. there was almost this like telling through a drug addict's perspective of like how much you hate the people who are there for your intervention, <laughs> how angry you are that like every time they call you after the intervention, you have to somehow like, you know, say thank you for saving my life. Like it was. He it said was, like you have to pick up the check after. If you're out to dinner with any of the people who saved your life, you have to be like, oh, no, it's on me. (laughs) Oh, my Um, God. Yeah. So he went to rehab in 2020, height of the pandemic, December 2020. And then he hosted Saturday Night Live a few months later and talked about it and didn't do the same bits from the special. He talked a lot about his relationship with his drug dealer. Maybe he did some of that. Oh, Oh, that. yeah, the drug dealer who's like, I'm worried about you. That's why I keep giving you drugs, right? Yeah, it was so... Like yeah, his he nice, did, friendly drug dealer. He does this whole... though. he does this whole bit on the drug dealer because he, he calls... To, he texts to break up with him because there's a whole thing after you go through rehab. You have to, like, reach out to your drug dealers and say, just so you know, I'm not going to be dry, uh, buying drugs from you anymore. I'm sober. And he's mm-hmm. like... The drug dealer was like, oh, thank God. The only reason I sold drugs to you is because I was worried that you might get them from somewhere else. And he goes, and I'm breaking up with this guy. Like, <laughs> yeah. And then it turns out. was a good Mulaney. It was a great Mulaney. And then it turns out that actually the guy wasn't even a drug dealer. He, he only bought drugs to sell to John Mulaney. He didn't sell drugs to anybody else. He was just trying to take care of John Mulaney. And he goes, oh. now I know a lot of drug dealers who can turn someone into an addict. But I have never heard of an addict who can turn someone into (laughs) a drug dealer. dealer. Yes. Oh, God. I love that there was like a 10-year-old boy in the audience. And he was so um, genuinely torn about his material in front of a (laughs) 10-year-old. I loved it. He's a dad now. So it's different probably, you know, five, six years ago. Yeah. Might not have been so sensitive. But he was so sweet about like, oh, your name is Henry, fifth grade. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So he had to go into all of this in front of a fifth grader. Yeah. Yeah. And his, uh, yeah. I mean, now, 
your girls aren't big stand-up comedy fans. Casey has seen some John Mulaney. Mm-hmm. I, or I'll play him some bits that I know very well and I know that they are uh, content-wise appropriate. I don't care about language. I don't, you know, he's fr- Casey's friends with you and you swear all the fucking time. Oh, yeah. I'm texting him right now. Yeah. <laughs> but, so I don't mind swearing, but I don't want him to hear about tricking a doctor into selling you Xanax and stuff like that. That's like <laughs> something I don't want to explain to Casey yet. Yeah, sure. So he has seen some Mulaney, but I, we would not have shown him this one. It's interesting. Uh, I don't remember. Of course, you know, I, I, I wasn't watching it with my kids. So it wasn't like I didn't have my alarm bells on. and like, what would have been bad about it? But I, sometimes, right. you know, what? Oh, we saw actually, we saw uh, something happen at the beach. It was kind of crazy. There was a woman there. was It was like Saturday. And there were there were uh, a woman who was clearly kind of like drunk. We thought she was drunk. Right. And Mm -hmm. she's kind of her other girlfriend is kind of like yelling at this guy. There's two guys and two girls and they're all really wasted and that much you can see. So you're Mm -hmm. like, oh, that poor girl. She's really wasted. Her friends will get her back to the car. And then as the scene goes on, you sort of uh, see, oh, wait a second. That woman. Hold on. That woman doesn't have any pants on. Mm. No pants. And mm. uh, she, her friend not only can't get her to stand up, now she's on the ground and now her friend is like banging on her chest and yelling at her to get up, get up, get Ooh. up. Yeah. Oh. So it was clearly like a drug situation. You uh-huh. know, they were all on something because mm-hmm. somebody from our group went over. Anyway, so it was a it was an interesting moment because there was no way to hide what was going on from our kids. Right. Mm-hmm. But also... Mm-hmm. Patrick and I were kind of like high five and we're like, yes, this is so terrifying. They're never going to want to do drugs. All we have to do is tell them this is what happens when you take drugs and they will Mm -hmm. never do it. So maybe it could be a cautionary tale. You know, like if you see a... And now everyone knows what I was doing Saturday. And thank (laughs) you for trying to protect my anonymity. I appreciate it. Um, Was she okay? Did she... End well, we called the police. Getting up or 911? Okay. We, yeah, we, we, we called yeah. the police. You had to call the yeah, police. because of if, of if, if it was just a drunk friend, that's one thing. But then to see that she had no pants on, it was like, oh, she could be in terrible danger. And this is fucked up. Yeah. They, we have to call somebody. Yeah. So they did. They, yeah. called, they called the police. Um, but how crazy, you know. It was Ooh. crazy. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Not, it, wasn't, it was a sun-kissed commercial with a very dark twist at the end. <laughs> and for... <laughs> For our younger <laughs> listeners, Sunkist is an orange beverage, and they used to have commercials with the Beach Boys song playing, where everyone had bonfires on the beach and played beach volleyball, and that's basically what what my family does on Saturdays. So, yes, <laughs> uh, can I sidebar? Yeah, because you said for our younger listeners, yeah, total tangent, and then yeah. we'll come back to Mulaney. Okay, so I said to Casey, "You have to call Nanny. That's my mom yeah. for Mother's Day." So he calls her number, and. He hangs up. He said she wasn't home. And I said, well, did her machine pick up? And he said, yeah. And I said, so leave a message that says happy Mother's Day. And he goes, oh, OK. So he, he dials again and he hangs up. And I said, what happened? And he goes, I heard this weird sound in the phone like. Eh, eh, eh. And we realized he's never heard a busy signal. <laughs> oh my god and the larger what? question is why did your mom see that casey was calling and then take her phone off the hook i think that's the weird question right is anything helene does weird i mean we know <laughs> oh okay so we can go back to Mulaney. sorry john if you're oh, listening john. i'm sorry that i we tangented pretty hard yeah yeah um, it happens <clears throat> i loved his story I thought his story was so amazing. All of his stories about him being on coke. Because I he has such a baby face. Like, I know. He looks he, like such a sweet boy like next door. It's, such a, it's so hard to imagine that he's so into that many drugs. And the way he tells it is with such joy, such childlike joy at all of the drugs that he was able to take and how long he was able to manage it. Even though mm-hmm. we all know he's in recovery. And he knows they saved his life. But you can tell he still talks about these experiences with such glee. I had a friend. I'm going to go on another sidebar. I had a friend. His name was Grumpy Tom McHugh. That's what I called him, Grumpy Tom McHugh. But I loved him because he was so mean to everybody. But he was great with me because all I had to do was be like, Tom, tell me crazy 80s Coke stories. And he would he would go into them. And 
I love cocaine stories. They're, they're, I mean, when they're not ruining your life and put, putting you in the sure. hospital. <laughs> just I have exactly zero just, of them to offer. I'm, oh, I'm a little bummed. I have never done cocaine. I'm too yeah. terrified to ever do it. And it doesn't look me like too. fun to me, but I love the stories. <laughs> and when people who have done cocaine, I know a couple people who've done cocaine, watch somebody playing cocaine. It's very mm-hmm. satisfying because you're sort of checking in with them like, oh, is that what it's like? Oh, is that how people right. talk? Oh, is that what the thing is? It's very yeah. weird. So yeah. I loved his story about selling, oh, no, buying a watch. He tells his his accountant uh, not to give him any money. He's like, look, I'm addicted to cocaine. Do not give me any cash. You are You are forbidden to give me any money. And then instead of just calling him back and going, never mind, I really want drugs. Give me money. Because he's a grown person, it could do that. He instead takes his credit card. He goes and buys the most expensive Rolex he can for $12,000. And then he takes that watch and goes to sell it for cash. So Mm -hmm. he buys it with his credit card and sells it for half the price in cash. It's a much longer, better story. But it's a great (laughs) story. Ugh. Um. Well, uh, I love, speaking of money, he pays for drugs on Venmo. <laughs> Everybody does, apparently. And I, I Venmo is very convenient, but I'm very self-conscious about Venmo because people can see what you're doing. And I'm always like, they're going to know that I went for a pedicure today because <laughs> I am a lady of leisure and I feel embarrassed by that. I have like bourgeois guilt <laughs> that that. You know, anyone could look on Venmo and see I had a pedicure. Well, I have a setting. You can change that. You really? know that, right? Yeah. Yeah. I no. know. I when I saw that Venmo did that, I was like, oh, hell no. Cause I you know me. You I can't don't have people all up in your business. No, I don't want anybody to know anything I'm doing. I'm a mystery. That's what keeps mm-hmm. it so attractive. Uh yeah. but no, there's a setting so you don't have to share that information. Cause I thought that's just really weird. And I still think it's weird when I go on Venmo and it's like, Angela gave Bob $10 for pizza. I'm like, yeah. what a weird thing to share. Very weird. Now, is that is that your gropey Uncle Bob that you're talking about? Or I didn't say he groped me. <laughs> I said he was, you know, very observational. Like maybe he was a frustrated artist, you know, noticing the details. Oh. All right. That's a flashback to last episode, guys. So you got to go back and listen. Although I did, um, I did my first parody song that I ever wrote was I Saw Mommy Kissing Uncle Bob. So... I don't know. Maybe there was... Of course it was. That is so you. There, there. I'll sing the whole thing at Christmas time. That'll be a special (gasps) bonus episode. I still know it. Yes. Oh, I can't (laughs) wait. Oh, can I get an advanced copy to work out backup vocals? Yes, you can. This is... We're going to make a video. This is it. (laughs) Um... Well, speaking of songs, yeah, a highlight of the episode for me, or of the special for me, was his song towards the very beginning of the epi- of the. Why do I keep saying episode? Pot, uh, special. Yeah, oh, yeah. I need caffeine. Uh, uh, Pete, could you play the song he sings at six fifty nine, please? You're like, hey, Boston, it's time to laugh. Raise up your smiles, lower those masks. You know what I mean, we all quarantined. We all went to rehab and we all got divorced and now our reputation is different. No one knows what to think, hey yeah. All the kids like Bo Burnham more because he's currently less problematic. Likeability is a jail. <laughs> so we can't start that way. So this is when he's like, I wrote that song. this special is a little bit different because my reputation is different. And he's, he's singing a little intro and it ends with, and now everybody likes Bo Burnham better than me. <laughs> like, I just butchered it because everybody just heard it and I'm going from memory. But... I loved that he randomly <laughs> called it out. The world looks at John Mulaney and says he's a nice, sweet boy next door. It is shocking to know he has this dark side. And I love that that's how he called it out with this random <laughs> song. It was really funny. Oh, yeah. 
No, I. it's interesting because it was more, you know, it really was more storytelling than comedy. Like, I thought it was very funny. He's very funny, but he was, he got very real in it. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was surprising. And it was long. And there were a lot mm-hmm. of, when I was in rehab, when I was in rehab, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But it was, I still, I just was so on the edge of my seat, fascinated by all of it. I watched, I watched it twice. Oh, good. Yeah. In the, wait, but I found it different in, it was reminiscent of the Matthew Perry book that we listened to. Oh. Because hearing, I went to rehab again. I went to rehab. I was afraid because I was famous going into rehab. Uh, but you just root for Mulaney and you have this faith that he's going to get through it and do it. And you, you're not, I wasn't rooting for Matthew Perry. I found Matthew Perry wholly unlikable. I mean, I was rooting for him to survive. Don't get me wrong. But, yeah. Um, well, Mulaney's not as famous as Matthew Perry. Correct. He <laughs> said, uh, I feared people would recognize me at rehab, but then no one did. And it drove me crazy. So I left newspaper articles out so that they would know. <laughs> right? He's so honest. He's just, you know, I don't know if he really left the newspaper articles out, but I could understand being like, doesn't anybody know me? You know, (laughs) I love he's his. So he it's kind of like his his sack lunch bunch thing, right? Where he does these ridiculous, crazy things, but he does them are so nonsensical or weird. I think that's why he and Nick Kroll make such a good pair, right? Mm -hmm. They have this really offbeat, weird sense of humor. But again, he looks like such the boy next door. He looks like he would be doing Jim Gaffigan humor, but he is so, he has such a weird, dark insight, a really human insight onto things, right? It's almost like laser into human nature. Um, Um, So you just referenced the Sack Lunch Bunch. And if people have not seen this, it's a Netflix special from four years ago, John Mulaney and the Sack Lunch Bunch on Netflix. Watch it, watch it, watch it. Yeah, I think it's pure genius. And there's a real pathos to it. It's not all silly humor. It's gut-bustingly funny. And then he asks kids about their real dark fears. And and you get real uh, insight into the way children's minds work. Yeah, I liked it. I didn't love it. Oh, I love it. But I did like it. I liked it. I remember, but I, I remember feeling it made me very uncomfortable. <laughs> Because, it, yeah, because he was dealing Parts with of it are. He was dealing with real kids, and it wasn't as funny. Like it wasn't funny enough to constantly be like, "Oh my god, look at how he's providing me with all this humor around all this." It was very. It was kind of on the edge for me a little bit, as far oh, as I, I can lo- remember. I loved the ed- the the line he was towing was was perfect <laughs> for me. Yeah, and there's just it's a little star studded, and one of the things I loved was. Jake Gyllenhaal at the end comes in and does a song as Mr. Music. Yes, I remember that. He's a total wreck. It's hilarious. <laughs> it's I I just think it's Casey loved it. We've seen it many times. Um, well, he has this great way of because he is who he is and he looks the way he looks. And yet he has this mischievous. He's almost like a mischievous drug elf, right? The idea, the yeah. whole idea that he's like, I can use Venmo to go buy my drugs. I could go, you know, when when he's at the rehab and he has pockets full of drugs in his inner pocket. And he, the woman asks him, do you have any drugs on you? And he goes, no, I do not. Like it's the way he delivers the. Yeah. No, yep. I do not. And for a second, he almost believes himself, you know? And then they yep. look inside his coat and they're like, who knew about the inner pocket of my coat? Like, what is this world that I've entered into? Because he's been getting away with it for so long in a rehab. They're like, uh, no. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, it's interesting. His story, I feel, is relatable to any addict. And he talks a lot about his intervention. Yes. Which he oh, has so good. He's grateful for it, but people, I I assume, feel betrayed by all of their loved ones conspiring behind their back. So it's it feels, I'm assuming, mixed to walk into your intervention and you're like, thank you all for loving me and fuck you all for doing this to me, right? It's, yeah. it's both. Yeah. But his is star-studded. <laughs> Sorry. No, no, go ahead. Well, his... Intervention included, he dropped a bunch of names, Fred Armisen, Seth Meyers, and Nick Kroll. (laughs) And he's like, and they wouldn't do bits. 
he was trying to do bits and they wouldn't go for it. And he was so freaked out. Yeah, he had an intervention with the funniest people in comedy and none of them would play with him. But think about that. It's a really funny scenario if you think about it, because obviously, obviously, if you're having an intervention, you don't think you need an intervention. Right. Right? So you're, you're having, you're avoiding at all costs any real close look at your drug use and your, and any admitting that you might have a problem. Even if you've admitted mm-hmm. to yourself that you have a problem, you have it under control or you have a plan to get it under control. So you're fine. Right. There's no need for right. help because the only thing, the only possibility that you are absolutely not going to consider at this point is not doing drugs. That is the right. That is the one thing you probably wouldn't consider. You'll steal from people. You'll lie to right. people. You'll run all oh. over town. You'll put all the pieces of the puzzle together, but you're handling it. The only thing mm-hmm. you would never, ever do is not take drugs. And so if you have a group of people going, guess what? We're going to send you to a place where you're not going to do drugs. You must be like a trapped rat. You're like, get the fuck out of my life. Like, what is the one thing, one thing, if you could think of, that you absolutely are going to do for the rest of your life and no one can stop you, right? Can you think of what that would be? I have one dumb answer. Okay. And I hope you're thinking of yours. But I have tried many, many diets in my life. And any diet or lifestyle, keto, whatever they are, right? The minute they start with no more coffee, just stop drinking coffee, (laughs) you know, wake up and have celery juice or whatever. I'm like, oh, I'm out. I'm going to have coffee every morning. It was really hard when I was first pregnant. I didn't, but that was obviously for a higher purpose. But the second a diet says you can't have coffee, I'm out. So that's my thing. What about you? Oh, God. I'm trying to think of really like the one thing that if I couldn't do it, I would die. I think, um, I know this. Masturbate. No, well, uh, you know, I could find other ideas, but yeah, that would be rough. That would be rough. I I can't imagine a life without that. But I mean, like, if somebody was like, you can, you you can never ever. If it's a food thing, I don't know. But if someone's like, you can never ever ever, uh, you know, go like sing again or hear live music again. Like, if you Mm -hmm. had no more Mm -hmm. music in your life, I think I would be like, (laughs) go fuck yourself. Right. I don't think I could live like that would be a horrible life for me. Oh, well, there goes my idea for a cult. Okay. (laughs) I mean, yeah. The cult of silence. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I I, I mean, obviously, when people say we're going to take this thing away that you've been so dependent upon and think you have under control, like you said, it's. Yeah. It's terrifying. And And it's your best friend. I mean, there there definitely, there was a time in my life when if you had told me, oh, you're not going to have a glass of wine with dinner, I'd like, shut up. <laughs> you know, I couldn't, yeah. like, I equally could not imagine that mm-hmm. or having several at dinner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. That's what I think is so crazy is that, that, you know, the people you love the most are like, it's the surreal thing. I mean, and I don't even think I got until I heard this special. Maybe I'd heard this before or knew this, but I was like, wait, Really? You're going to have this meeting and then they've already packed a bag and then they get to take you to rehab? Is that a thing? Did you never watch the show Intervention on A&E? Your friend worked on it. I know, but it years. made me so uncomfortable. I and I, I, I felt, know, but it's so gratifying when they say, okay, I'll go. And that, you know, when you, unfortunately, the Chirons at the end are always six months later, they were back on the street. <laughs> but that moment of them breaking down and saying, I, I will accept the help. Well, I think that's, let's go. This is the hard thing about interventions, though, or anything that's like forced upon someone. I mean, I really would wonder what the rate is of acceptance and moving on. Like, if you have practiced a habit of I have figured out how to lie and do this for the, my whole life, and then someone mm-hmm. tells you to go to rehab, what are the odds that you're actually going to get it? You know, like if you're not there looking for the help yourself and knowing I have a problem, I've got to get through this, then. And then how I, long is it going to last? Well, I don't know. You know, they say addiction is a disease. Yes. And certain medications work for certain people and then they don't work for others. 
or, yeah. you know, I, you have allergies I don't have. So we're all different. So I think if you look at 100 addicts, there will naturally be the 15 to 20 who will take to recovery. It yes. will just, it will be Click. the right cure for them, you yeah. know? And then yep. there's 15 to 20 who will go in and out of recovery their whole lives. And then there's the 15 to 20 who will reject yeah. it out of hand. I just think, so you have to try. You know, if you and I have the same medical condition and go see the same doctor, they're probably going to start with the same pill and maybe it'll cure you and it won't cure me. And we got to figure it out. I hope so. I mean, no offense, but I have stuff to do. I got to. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, see how selfless I am that I got you you cured. I know that was very nice of you. Thank you. So back to Malini for just because he is Malini. He's amazing. I wanted it to be a little funnier. But I understand why it couldn't be. And I hope that this is forever healing for him and for a lot of people. You know, obviously, he could have made more jokes about the wacky residents at rehab or he could have spun it. But he stayed really honest and rooted to this time in his life where he had to say these things. And I hope and pray he's okay, And that in two years we get a more Mulaney special that's wacky stories and funny and you know but i feel like this was extremely powerful oh yeah i I was more of a stand-up special than chris rock who was just up there raging and i didn't laugh i definitely laughed at this special oh yeah well i laughed at both specials i think they're both i know you did really funny i it's funny halfway through this i thought i don't know if mandy's liking this i thought i wonder if her love for Mulaney will overcome the fact that this is not the kind of stand-up special that she likes. <laughs> I don't know that that's necessarily true. Although, what's Hannah Gatsby's special that was so uh-huh. revelatory? Yep. People, I didn't like it. I didn't like I, it either. I didn't, oh. You'd think I, I would. I thought you were but... going to get mad at me. Nope. Yeah. Mm-mm. I, I, mm-mm. I just think that's a different thing. Yeah. That, that's that's a, a one-woman confessional or... I don't know what you would call it. That's a soapbox. This didn't feel soapboxy. This was not Chris oh, Ross no. yelling at us. This was John Mulaney owning his shit. Totally. And trying to make light of it at times yeah. and letting it be dark at times. And yes. I, yeah. Totally different vibe. Yes. No, Chris Rock was like angry, funny. And John Mulaney was like self-deprecating funny. Talk. Yes. He was on some level, it felt like he was still defending not in a shitty way, but in a funny way of of this is how my mind works. You know, like that's what I loved mm-hmm. about it is the funny way that and and this is something that actually uh, I hear a lot. Like Patrick is always telling me stories from the meetings, you know, like and it's great because you hear this thing of like when someone is very trying to control their environment or think that the world should go a different way that they need to be handed something, you know. The, mm-hmm. the the lines that come out of those rooms are just priceless. Like the the thinking that we oh, all I'm have. Sure. It's not just an alcoholic brain, by the way. It's like all of us have that thing of like, I'm going to play the guess why I'm mad at you now game. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really enjoyed him being so <laughs> self-deprecating, but like bold and just still defending his stance of who he was. It was very... It was just delightful and funny. And I think how he closed it, the article, uh, the the interview that Variety, not Variety, sorry, it was, I think it was Vanity Fair, right? No, GQ, it doesn't matter. One of the, one of the, I think it was GQ, interviews him. Did you see at the I, end of the special? They interview him when he is like so coked oh, out of his yes. mind. He does yes. not even remember what he said. And he reads excerpts from the interview, which they printed. Unedited. Do you, wait, do you have a time code for Pete or no? Well, it's really long. I mean, it's oh, it's, okay. it's like the last. Five so everybody minutes. should just go watch the special. Yes, everybody should. Everybody should watch the special. Yeah. I thought it was great. Yeah. The, the interview at the end, specifically, it's about five minutes long, but it is like okay. It's just delightful because he reads, you know, the question, and then he goes on these coked up rants, and he has no memory of any of it, and it's it's. It's kind of his way of saying, I think I had a problem. <laughs> you know, yeah. kind of yeah. like, wow, that was my answer. They give him mm-hmm. great softball questions and he goes off on these tangents and he's like, huh, okay, well, I guess I could do better. Ooh. It was, but it was, but it was, 
funny. Like it was really funny and sweet. It was what it felt like a friend telling you this embarrassing thing that they did that they mm-hmm. know now was really embarrassing. And your heart just totally went out to him. Like you didn't feel bad for him. You were just like, oh, I love you so much for standing up on the stage and telling an embarrassing story because we all have embarrassing stories. Like we all do right. stupid things. Right. I love it. Yep. So how many man jobs? Oh. Um, well, I give it five. I loved it. Yeah, I'm I'm close to it. I, I would say four point five. It's really powerful. Yeah. And even if you're not laughing, you're you're in it with him. Totally. You do feel like you're with a friend who's sharing all of these stories. So yes. I, I admire and love him and I'm glad I continue to admire and love him. It, I you know, I had a little hesitation. Am I gonna find out stuff that I can't forgive? But what I did not. But would there really be something you couldn't forgive? Oh, yeah. I mean, like, just if he said, so one time when I was blacked out, apparently I was saying awful racist things or, you know, like, right. Just there are things people do. Yes. That I am like, okay, well, now I'm out. I can't love and admire you anymore. This was not that. This was a very fallible man admitting. He's delightful. I love him. Mistakes. I love him, too. Let's see him next time he comes to town. <laughs> sure. Let's try. Let's go stay hang out on that corner and see if he runs by yeah. us again. <laughs> or we could hang out on the corner. We could offer to be someone who doesn't sell him drugs. Maybe, y- you know, like he hangs out. Or, with- or people who do. <laughs> then he would really love us. <laughs> um, all right. I have a game. Delightful. And I'm excited by it. So let's do our business. Okay. The Man Cave is a production of True Story FM Engineering by Pete Wright. Thank you, Pete. And music by Ian Post. When I listen to our podcast, I love the music. I like to oh, sing yeah. along. I, I just oh, Ian love it. crushes um, it. Yes. And uh, you can if please you go on- and thank you. Give us a review on Apple Podcasts. We have a couple new ones. I'm going to read one. Yes. I should have queued it-, it up. Now, this was exciting. This is from... Um, somebody who heard us on the ADHD podcast. True oh. Story produces the Taking Control podcast. That was and a great asked, podcast. It was. It was, uh, it, you know, making light, in our case, they had us on to bring some humor and applying actor techniques and improv techniques to helping you take control of your ADHD. Yes, and uh, it was fun. <laughs> yes, and we had a wonderful time. And MK Tyson, I'm assuming it's not Mike Tyson, heard you both this AM on the ADHD pod and followed you here. Enjoy you both so much. Looking forward to hearing more. Thank you, MK Tyson. We will give you more. Thank you, Mike Tyson. And everybody Tyson. go check out the Taking Control podcast if if that interests you. It's really uh, yes, well done. It's really well done. And uh, if you guys want to talk to us a little bit more, we do have a Discord channel. You can go to mancave.com slash Discord to find us. Uh, That's a fun way to get in touch. And also, you can become a Fandy. We're actually supported by our membership. It's five bucks a month. I mean, less than an oat milk latte, guys. It's And and I think it goes down easier. So uh, do that and help us out. We love hearing from you. And also, you can uh, wear our sexy, cool T-shirts that are very flattering. Um, and, uh, I think you actually make more money when you wear them. I find that my income goes up when I, uh, don a man cave t-shirt. My daughter when had... She said... Yeah. When she said up, she did the little thumbs up motion and I had a little flashback. Flashback to last episode. Vegas, so, yeah. <laughs> um, yes. No, yesterday my daughter was wearing two. She was wearing a man cave t-shirt on the front and then the only Fandy's t-shirt on the back, which <laughs> I can't get back. I, that's a that's a bell I can't unring. So go check it out, guys. It's really fun. And thank you very much. We love you. All right. I I, I had a thought about what your game was going to be. You know what I thought it was going to oh, be? Oh, what do you think it's going to be? I thought what? you were going to freeze frame the last part of the special. And he lists all the people that were in his intervention. And I thought the game was going to be try to figure out who all those people are. Oh, well, <laughs> we know so many of them. And I already mentioned them. But some of those names might come up in my game. Okay. I'm going to read you a stand-up comedy joke, and I'm going to give you three choices. You tell me whose joke it is. Okay. It's a chance to laugh at the joke <laughs> and a chance to see if you know your stuff. Great. Okay. Are you ready? Sure. 
We're going to call this game. Da, 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 da. Who said it? Oh, all right. Nice, nice. With a theme song and everything. I like it. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My wife says, camping is a tradition in my family. It was a tradition in everyone's family till we invented the house. Oh. Is that Ellen DeGeneres, Jim Gaffigan, or Wanda Sykes? Um, I'm going to say Mariska Hargitay, but my second choice would be Jim Gaffigan. You are correct. Yes. I wanted you to feel really good because I don't think you're going to get any of the others. Are we ready? <laughs> yes. Five kinds of fear. Panic. Terror. 15 missed calls from mom. Wrong <laughs> password. We need to talk. <laughs> Is that? John Mulaney, Mike Birbiglia, or Kevin Hart? Ooh, uh, that's interesting. I'm going to say Sly Stallone. No, Mike Birbiglia. <laughs> I'm so sorry it was Kevin Hart. Oh, Kevin Hart. Okay. Yep. All right. Didn't think of him as a mama's boy. I used to think I was a little unstable. And then I met every girl I dated. (laughs) Is that Mike Birbiglia, Chris Rock, or Steve Martin? (laughs) I'm going to say it's Chris Rock. That's Mike Birbiglia. It is? Oh, my God. I love him, too. I love him. I love Mike Birbiglia. I love him, too. I just thought he liked women. See, it's so funny. I can't. If I ever had a daughter, have a daughter, I'm sorry. If I ever have a daughter... I'm going to name her Taken. That way, when a boy asks her her name, she'll say, hi, I'm Taken. <laughs> Is that Stephen Wright, Chris Rock, or Kevin James? Oh, boy. I don't know. Kevin James? That is Chris Rock. Okay. I I think like, I tried to find quotes that weren't so clearly someone's voice. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're great jokes. So, yeah. Somebody broke into my house once. This is a good time to call the police. But mm, mm, nope, the house was too nice. It was a real nice house, but they'd never believe I lived in it. They'd be like, he's still here. (laughs) Was that Eddie Murphy, Richard Pryor or Dave Chappelle? Um, Dave Chappelle. Yes. (laughs) Smell you. <laughs> I hope everyone at home is is shouting out comedian names in their cars. All right. All my friends are getting married. I guess I'm just at that age where people give up. Was that Chelsea Handler, Wanda Sykes, or Amy Schumer? Oh, that's a tough one. I don't know. Uh maybe uh Chelsea Handler? That was Amy Schumer. Oh, Amy Schumer. That would have been my second yeah. guess. Okay. My all-time, all-time favorites. Just a couple more. Yeah. The f- you can tell them all day. They're funny the f- jokes. The first time I see a jogger smiling, mm-hmm. I'll consider it. Was that Louis Anderson, Joan Rivers, or David Letterman? Uh, let's see. Gee, I didn't even know Louis Anderson did stand up. Joan Rivers? Yes. Ah, there we it's a, go. That's a great joke. It is a great joke. Because you, if you saw a jogger, like, really beaming <laughs> ear to ear, it would be creepy as hell, right? They have to look intense and on the path. Um, <laughs> For the Nike commercials, yes. Yeah. I'll book a ticket on some garbage airline. I don't want to name an actual airline, so let's just make one up. Let's just call it Delta Airlines. <laughs> Was that Steve Martin, Chelsea Handler, or John Mulaney? That's Chelsea Handler, because I feel like I, that was just in her special, right? That's Mulaney. Oh, it is? Yeah. Oh. It's in one of his specials. Before. Oh, I must have seen his other special. That's funny. Okay, last one. When I get real bored, I like to drive downtown and get a great parking spot, then sit in my car and count how many people ask me if I'm leaving. <laughs> is that David Spade, Stephen Wright, or Carrot Top? <laughs> Carrot top. Um, <laughs> uh, David Spade? That is Stephen Wright. Oh, Stephen Wright. Very you got similar. three. That's okay. I, yay. 
how could you know? But they were, I mean, I just like the jokes. They're I liked, great. I love somebody cruel enough to sit downtown <laughs> and, and see how many people are like, can I have the space? I might try that at the Trader Joe's later. Yes, please film. <laughs> just on my phone with, yeah. my, with my reverse on. I was going to say, you got to keep putting the lights on and then take like putting it in reverse and then putting it back. Yeah. Yeah. That's my curse. I'm always sitting behind that person that's like, they're leaving. No, they're leaving. Nope. <laughs> oh, that's great. All right. Well, that was fun. Thank you. Um, and uh, the thing that I'm going to assign you is going to be very different. Okay. It is on HBO and it's a three-parter, but you don't have to watch all three parts, obviously. Just the first part. We are going to watch Angel City, which is the documentary on the soccer team, the women's soccer team downtown. Natalie Portman, Jennifer Garner uh, has a whole it's a whole slew of female owners for the team. And uh, that's what we're going to watch. The documentary It drops, I think, tomorrow night. Oh, okay. Oh, topical. Oh, topical and supportive of all the right things. Oh, by the way, I don't think I mentioned this part of it. But female mm-hmm. soccer players, mm-hmm. hot. Of course. Oh, my God. No. Yes. They shoot these women in like slow-mo where they're a little bit damp. They all have this long hair and they all look like a little mad and a little hot. It's crazy. I never knew. You're late to the party. They. Oh, yeah. I never knew I mean, this. going all the way back to Mia Hamm and Megan Rapinoe, they're all, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. No, I don't think I really badasses. watched female. No, I knew they were badasses. I mean, that's, another, I wasn't going to objectify them, though. But, like, last night or whatever that was, we went to that game. Clearly, it's okay to objectify them because they are smoking hot. Okay. So, for next Mother's Day, I want a soccer player. <laughs> okay. That's, I want that to be my gift. I just want to stare at her. Oh, you know what I mean? That's a tall order, but I'll do it. Do it. Make it happen. For you, anything. <laughs> Thank you. Love ya. I love you too. 